Hello, local listeners. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. On this episode, we have David J.P. Fisher, a.k.a. D. Fish. He's built 20 years experience as a sales professional and entrepreneur, and he is the president of Rockstar Consulting out of Edison, Illinois. We get we dive deep into LinkedIn and how to get the most out of it, and we also talk a little bit hip-hop, so stay tuned. Hi, this is Rod Kohansky, your host of Local First Podcast, connecting local businesses to your community. New episodes drop every Thursday at 3 p.m. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you do not miss an episode. I'd like to just take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Does your business software make less or more work for you? Think possibilities. Think exacta. Enjoy the show. All right. We are no recording. Worries. All right. We have uh, Dave Fisher here on Local First Podcast. I appreciate your time today, Dave. How are you doing? Uh, living the dream. Living the dream. So like for the listeners that you know don't know anything about you, where are you calling in from today? I'm actually uh, just down the road from you in Evanston, Illinois. So just, just north of Chicago. All right. So I won't hold that against you because you're from Wisconsin, right? <laughs> Grew up on the south side of Milwaukee. Right, so there you go. There town represent. Good deal. Good deal. So before we get into it, we're going to talk about uh, LinkedIn today and the power of that tool right now to be able to connect and grow your business. You know, before we get into that, Dave, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to this point and, you know, some of the things you've done so far. Yeah, sure. So I've actually uh, run my own consulting firm, Rockstar Consulting, for just over 14 years. Uh, and I came from a sales and uh, entrepreneurial background. Uh, in fact, paid my way through uh, college selling Cutco knives. So I was one of those college kids. Uh, going into people's kitchens and, and chopping stuff up, but it was a, it was a great, uh, Did you ever cut your finger. Oh, of course. <laughs> but, but only, but only once or twice, because as I tell people, you learn to respect the knife, oh, right? There's you know, you, yeah, you do it once and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Uh, but, and then ran their Chicago office and, uh, interviewed over, uh, 10,000 people during my time doing that trained over 1500 salespeople. We were one of the biggest offices in the country. And so that's, you know, as a very, at a very young age, I got a chance to, to really uh, get some experience that a lot of people usually have to wait till they're much older. And so was able to use that. And uh, I said about 14 years ago, open up my own firm where we do everything from business coaching for entrepreneurs and salespeople and um, speaking. I've written nine books uh, training. I run a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know any magic tricks, but I can do some uh, pretty decent salsa dancing, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think, it. I, I think that, I think that's, it. that's about it. That's about it. Oh, you forgot one thing, Dave. And we'll probably get into this a little bit, yeah, a bit later. We're, we're hip hop fans. Oh, I mean, I didn't want to address that right now because then we just get sidetracked yes, I, I right know. from the very beginning. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll set that teaser up for later. Done, done. That's that's how I got my nickname, D Fish. D Fish. I used to uh, I played in a band for a long time, and I was a drummer. But there, we we did one cover of a, a hip hop tune that I would get up and I would rap it, and so my band would uh, jokingly call me MC D Fish, and now everybody calls me D, pretty much except for my wife and my mom. 
And so, so if you want to be cool, you can call me, you know, we're, we're friends. You can call me D, you can call me D fish. That's all good. All right. I love it. All right. So let's, let's jump into LinkedIn. I have a ton of questions and it's just like, you know, and if there's other topics that you want to bring up like that, it's like, let's talk about first, you know, let me know if I'm going off track here is, you know, what's the importance of having a, a good profile? Well, okay. So the, the, how many hours do we have for this? Right. We got, we only got minutes here. So we're going <laughs> to, so, well, so there's actually a really short answer to that question. I mean, that, and it's, it's very simple. Um, having a good presence, we, we have, uh, technology has flipped how we extend trust to each other. So it used to be we would extend provisional trust to a new contact if somebody we met, somebody we were doing business with, and we would build up the supports under that provisional trust, right? I always use the example of dating. It used to be we meet somebody at a party or a bar. We're like, oh, you're interesting. Um, you ask them out on a date. They might, they hopefully say yes. You go out and you extend this provisional trust. You know, they go, well, I, okay, I hope we're not serial killers here or anything. And you'd over time build up a relationship underneath that. Now, because of technology, because of the, our ability to share information easily, we, can, we don't have to extend provisional trust. We can know about a person, about a company before we choose to do business with them. Just like there's online dating now, I can find out everything about you before I want to go on a date with you. In the same way, your LinkedIn presence and actually owning it, and, and LinkedIn specifically, but you can think about Twitter or other digital platforms or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, People are going to go, they're going to look you up, they're going to make a decision. Very specifically, LinkedIn is the, the big professional networking platform. I'm gonna go and see a profile, and based on that profile, I'm gonna decide one of two things. I'm gonna to decide to do business with you, or at least to move the relationship forward, or I'm gonna go find someone else. And if you're, you can't control how somebody thinks about you, but you can influence, and if you're not positioning yourself well, you're, you're losing opportunities and you don't even know it because nobody's calling you and saying, I was going to do business with you. I don't like your profile, so I'm not going to. And that's, that, that's why you, you have to pay attention to this world. Cause even if you don't like social media, other people do. And it's like, they're so powerful. It's like, I look at different uh, profiles before I connect with people, sure. what they're doing and see if, you know, we have a synergy or, and, you know, that comes to the next, you know, section of it. You got your profile set up, whether you haven't done it in a while, you haven't updated it in a while, and you want to connect with people. And I get requests almost on a, on a daily basis from individuals. Sure. And, you know, and I see how I have my own way of connecting with people. I typically, you know, I'll send a message. I'll look at what they're doing and, you know, send a message to them, you know, whether they, they're doing something or I like a post or what. Uh, what's going on there. So it's like, what is the proper etiquette for that you think of as, as far as like connecting or, or reaching out to someone to connect versus just going hit, add, hit, add, just to fill your. <laughs> right. So it depends. And, and I say that because whenever we get into LinkedIn etiquette, here's, here's the challenge that a lot of us LinkedIn authors and, and trainers and coaches run into there's 675 million people on LinkedIn right now. So to say that there's one way of doing it is completely missing the point that there's different people, there's different goals, there's different reasons for being there. Here's, I think, a couple places, though, that are 
kind of applicable across the board and that most people can, can kind of wrap their heads around. Um, it actually first starts going back to that idea of owning your presence. I harp on this a lot because most people get it wrong. Still have a good profile because even if you reach out to somebody, they're going to go look at you, right? So it's amazing how many times I've had people extend an invitation and then I go look at their profile. I'm like, I don't want to connect with you. <laughs> they don't even have a picture in their profile. Yeah. Like I don't care how good your message to me is in your invitation request. Like, so, so that's the first thing you got to show up. Well, it'd be like going to a networking event and not showering right? Oh my <laughs> and just wearing flip flops and a t-shirt. You got to look good. And we want to kind of skip to the sexy stuff. You can't. No. You got to have the foundation. You got to have the fundamentals. That being said, depending on why you're reaching out to somebody, if, if you this is somebody who you think is just in your industry, is just somebody who you like their posts, you like their activity, doing what you said is perfect. I don't think you have to go into creepy stalker mode, but it could be as simple as, hey, I noticed, uh, I noticed that you're a podcaster too, had a chance to listen to one of your episodes, really liked it. Or just, hey, I, it could be as simple as, I see that you're a podcaster as well, would love to connect. connect. And that can be enough. Um, I, I always give credit where credit is due. My friend Andy Crestadina has a, a really, I think, good way to think about this as far as incoming stuff. If somebody's in your industry or in your city, like in your town, accept the request. Even if you don't know them well, I mean, this is, could be an aspirational one. And if, if they're in your town and they're uh, in your industry, then maybe send a response back. Sure. And if they're not within that, you can probably ignore it. Do you, you get like, I, I get this quite a bit often too. And like, I, I cut some people off because they do it is I get a lot of spam messages. Oh, sure. And it's just, it's sometimes it's, it's kind of annoying. It's like, okay, it's like, you're not even trying to build a relationship. It's like going, like you said, you're going into the, the networking event, not taking a shower. It goes the same way as like, you're going, instead of learning about someone, all you're doing is handing out business cards. That, that, well, that's exactly right. And uh, I hear people who get really frustrated about that. It's just a platform. I mean, the same way you don't stop using email, right? Because there's people who don't have a good etiquette or don't know. It's not like you stop going to networking events because there is that one guy just flinging business cards everywhere. But you can also kind of see them a mile away. So yeah, on um, on LinkedIn, I, I get quite a few requests every day, and there's definitely just a good swath of them that I'm like, you're a salesperson. You think you, you took some, some webinar that said you can just pound out these, you know, broadcast emails or uh, LinkedIn invitations and it'll work. I don't want to deal with it. So yeah, the most of them just, just ignore. And that's fine. Remember, I always tell people like, this is your network. This LinkedIn is yours. In the end, there's no right or wrong as long as you're comfortable with it. Where's your comfortable? Okay. So like Michael with LinkedIn is building relationships. Sure. And, and by getting out there and connecting with individuals, if I connect with someone, I typically try to schedule like we've done, you know, just a, a, a Zoom call or, or a conference call. And that has been really working out great for me. And, yep. and I think it's that instead of, um, you know, we're all in sales. We're all entrepreneurs. Most of us are entrepreneurs, but we're all in sales regardless if you think about it or not, is that by building those relationships first, the sales and everything else will come and the connections will come. That's a fantastic attitude and one that, you know, in one of my books, I talk about becoming a sales Sherpa. And the whole idea is that we, if you can present yourself as a guide for somebody during their buying process, the likelihood that they're going to come work with you increases. 
And the trick is you've got to do that before they're in that buying process, right? It's an example I would use in the offline world is, you know, if you're a realtor and you just keep trying to harass people, hey, you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a house. That gets, you're just trying to get lucky and find the person who's like, oh, actually, we do need to buy a house versus using tools like LinkedIn, building a relationship, having that Zoom call, or even just putting out good content and, and being of value so that when somebody does want to buy a house, they're like, oh, you know, let's, let's call Jamie because she really knows, you know, the real estate world and I trust her. And that trust has been built up before you're trying to actually sell. So I think, I think that's a really important thing, using it as a way to plant the seeds and then cultivate those seeds before you're trying to get something, right? As they always say, giver, giver's gain. And yes. it works in the offline world, it works in the online world. It sure does. It sure does. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that people find in, in using LinkedIn, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, connecting or using it uh, or even like, you know, anything that you can do pops off your head. Most people are just scared of it. You know, we're, we're still in this, this evolution of how we engage and connect with other people. Uh, we forget that LinkedIn's not even 15 years old. You know, the, so if you, if you go back to 2000, it wasn't around. And so we, we are in the midst of an evolution in how we engage, how we connect. And it's very hard to manage evolution from within. So there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of um, lack of understanding. And it's very easy in those situations to not do anything. The one thing I suggest to people is, is just find a way to be on something like LinkedIn consistently and regularly, even if it's five minutes a day, right? Even if it's five minutes a day, make sure your profile look good, looks good. Look at what other people are posting. Engage with some of their content. Don't even worry about posting stuff. But if you just say, hey, Rob, that's a great post. Or, hey, Rob, congratulations on that. Oh, thanks for sharing that episode. You, you kind of cultivate that relationship, right? You have those little touches with people. Five minutes a day can have a huge impact if you do it every day. And so I think, I think the, the, that kind of gets to probably the big, one of the big mistakes I see is that fear drives, I'm going to look at LinkedIn every three months because I'm, I, I, I'm busy and I can let this be something that falls off my to-do list. And uh, I'm going to look at it because I just heard this webinar or this podcast or went to the session about why it's important. And then I look at it for, um, you know, an hour and then I don't do anything with it for two months. And I'm like, well, it doesn't work. Cause you know, obviously I got nothing from it. That one time I was there for an hour. That's like, that's like going to a networking event once. It's exactly the same thing. Exactly. I was um, on a call yesterday with a, a new friend, uh, uh, Sherry St. Marie, and she posted on LinkedIn and all over social media. She just recently turned 52 and she's like, I'm going to be on social media for the next 10 years. I'm going to crush it. And then I'm done. I'm signing off. So she basically said, I'm signing off in 10 years. And her reason <laughs> for that was to like want to, um, leave a legacy for her children to see what videos and what her life was during that time. Sure. And the other thing was, is like, and she's going out there and putting herself out there and seeing what sticks. Sure. Seeing what works, but she's also like, and I come to this, this, this next kind of segment of a part of it is like post versus engagement. Right. And you know, what, what's, you know, what, you know, some people go out there and they continue to post. Yeah. You post a lot. But, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's your take on that, you know, per post versus engagement, one versus the other? Well, so this, this gets to a bigger strategic question. And even I love that story you shared about um, 
Sherry, why are you there? Like, this is not, this is the biggest distinction where I think we look at something like LinkedIn versus a Facebook or um, Instagram or something along those lines. Now, those other platforms can definitely be used for business as well as for personal, but LinkedIn really is a professional site. What are you trying to accomplish? I think that digital tools like LinkedIn are simply another communication channel and they need to fit into your larger business goals. Being there to be there makes no sense whatsoever. So if you can go, I am trying to build my business. I'm trying to find clients. I'm trying to connect with potential guests for my podcast. You know, I'm trying to position myself in my business in a certain way. You have to know that first. You can have all the best tactics in the world, but if it's not, if there's not a good why, it doesn't matter what. So that's the first thing is, is sit down and again, not sexy work, but if you do it, it then gives you a path forward. I think that posting, especially on LinkedIn, is really about, again, positioning yourself as the expert, positioning yourself as the resource, uh, whether it's video, whether it's images, whether it's just text, it should mostly reflect on your perspective on the work you do, not necessarily the work you do. If you, uh, we used um, a realtor as an example. If all you're posting is, here's this house that I have listed, I don't care about that. Right, here's what I just sold, here's what I have listed, yeah. I don't care about that. But if you, if you start posting things like, hey, here's what's going on with the interest rates in the next six months to 12 years. Here's what's happening in our area. You know, there's a big new development coming in into this area. So that's going to influence this. You're positioning yourself as somebody who's in touch with what's going on in real estate. Then again, when I'm like, I need a real estate agent, I'm like, okay, I'm, Peter's always posting all this stuff. He's on my radar right? That's, that's valuable. Um, only about 15 to 20% of your posts should actually be about what you do, in my opinion. Um, that's a good way of driving engagement. And then also looking at some of those other platforms like Facebook or Instagram and going, oh, the same impulses that drive engagement there do work in LinkedIn. So for example, if you're at an event, you're at a networking event, take some pictures of the people, uh, that you're there with. I mean, I love the selfie t- or the two fee or the three fee, right? I don't know. I hate selfies, but two fees and three fees I love. Right. <laughs> and, and you, you post that picture and uh, you tag the people who are in it with you and said, Hey, it was great to reconnect with so-and-so at, you know, the B and I meeting this morning, those things get crazy engagement. Right. I, I, I go to an event um, once a month, me and a friend started a networking group and by starting a networking group, we had a beer one day at a, a bar in the north side of Chicago. Like, this was fun. We should do it again. And he was like, yeah, we should invite some people. I'm like, heck yeah. So that was like three years ago. And we do it once a month. It's We literally just say, we're going to show up at this bar on this day. We'll have anywhere from 10 to 35 people. That's awesome. The, and I take a bunch of selfies and, or two fees and I put them up on LinkedIn. That gets thousands and thousands of hits um, every month. Right. So that's great. And it shows, you know, Hey, the business community I'm in, you know, it, it kind of positions, I write books about networking and LinkedIn. So it, it helps my brand. Right. Um, but it drives engagement. And then and another big thing is if you want to get a lot of engagement, give a lot of engagement. Right? You know, that brings me right into, you know, you talk about, you know, you know what you want to get out of it and why, but it's, you know, a lot of it is about promoting and engaging with others. And, and I found yeah. that that's really, that really helps out is that like giving out right there, you know, and promoting others like, Hey, look, he's sharing other people's posts. You know, if you really enjoy something, 
you go out of their way and it, it, as well as say something within the comments, but send them a direct message as well and share. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes a long way. I, I mean, I, and I, I create a lot of content. I write a lot of articles. I do a lot of videos. I, I have my own podcast. I love when one of my posts, I, I, the direct message thing is great, but if you want to show somebody you care, like sharing it with your network is even <laughs> somebody who's just like you trying to make sure that people can find and, and appreciate what we create. Sure. When I, when I say, Hey, I just had a great conversation with Rob and post it. And then somebody else is like, Oh, I really like this conversation. You should check it out. I'm like score. And, right. and I like that person a little more on an emotional level. They're on my radar. I'm on their radar. Buy them a that, beer. Yeah, it's exactly right. <laughs> so um, there, there's ways of approaching a lot of these questions kind of from the offline perspective. We, we want to make this mysterious, but you're like, well, Hey, how would I drive a, a relationship? How would I build a relationship, start a relationship, cultivate a relationship in the offline world? I'd have shared time. I'd have shared attention. I'd, you know, recognize them and ask them questions about themselves and help them do what they're trying to do. All LinkedIn is giving us is another platform to do that. And in fact, a way that's sometimes more uh, scalable and also easier to use than anything we've had before. All right. So the next question I have is premium or not premium? It's actually a really easy answer. If you're using the basic profile or the basics um, account and you're getting frustrated by it, get the premium account. If you don't even know what that means, don't get the premium account. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is, and I don't work for, I think LinkedIn's great. I don't work for them. I'm not making any money. Uh, the premium account basically gives you some advanced functionality. You get more search features. You get to see more of who's visited your profile. All that's great. But if you're not even doing the basics, it doesn't matter. A lot of times people think the premium will help them do the basics. Now you've got to put the work in and then it just gives you some better tools. So, and I think that, you know, people are like, Oh, there's like, I saw it was with a conversation with, um, uh, uh, my friend, Angela, the other last week. And she's like, Oh, I want to get premium so I can see who's visit my page in the last three months. I'm like, I'm like, uh, well, what are you doing now? Right. And again, if you're going to, to use them, and that's why I say to people, if you're using LinkedIn a lot, if you're doing a lot of searches, if you're reaching out to people who have visited your profile, you know, one of the things that um, kind of on a sales perspective I've seen works well is um, using uh, outreach with a potential client and saying, Hey, come check out my profile. And, and uh, what happens is if they do check out your profile, you know there's at least a little bit of interest. So that becomes kind of a, a, a more valuable prospect. So if you're doing that, great. But again, if you're not even doing that, why give LinkedIn money for, for not using it, right? It's kind of like- yeah, no doubt. It's, in, in Chicago, it's like watching somebody have a, a Ferrari on Lakeshore Drive. I'm like, you're only gonna be able to drive 40 miles per hour. It's a great engine, but yeah. there's no room. It looks nice. <laughs> Yeah. So it, for those that are listening out there, and if you are ex-military, um, they do have free premium um, for LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 So just take a look at that. There's other options out there for that. For From being a former army sergeant, I found that out that I get premium for free. Nice. Different learning and different aspects. And it's not the sales piece of it, but there's a lot of value that they add to that for the, uh, um, the, 
former military also so take advantage of that oh very so, cool yeah. um, real quick here are you is your family very organized is my family very yeah, organized? You keep, your, you keep all your documents in one spot. I mean, are you like you like me? Like I have a desk over here. I can pull out all my documents and stuff like that. Well, so so the, the right question is, am I organized or is my wife organized? Here you go. I, I am. I am. And my wife is kind of. <laughs> okay. So I, I, bring, I, I bring that up because we have, you know, my sponsor, Exacta Corporation. Yeah, uh, They have what's called the family organizer. So you take all your documents, you can scan them in and have them access on your phone. That would actually be really useful. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, I look at it, it as like, I had an, op had an opportunity where I was, I was out doing something and I needed my DD-214, which is my discharge papers for the military. I was like, I know exactly where they're at home, but it would have been nice to have them in my hand and be able to email them to someone out on the spot. Oh, that would be handy. Well, it's especially now that I've got a, a young son. He, you know, ch children create uh, two things, diapers and paperwork. So yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, that, that could get rid of about three file folders. Uh, there you go, there so, you go. All right. I'm digging it. So the next one <laughs> is, um, uh, if you're an entrepreneur or even, you know, at that stage like that, is it worth setting up a business page or just take advantage of your profile page? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tossed up on that because I create a business page, but it's like, okay, now I have two different entities that I have to deal with versus just my one profile. So that's a really good question. And I think that until you get to a pretty large size, you should definitely own your company page. So start the page, um, complete it, make sure it looks nice. But that's about all I would do with it right now. I mean, LinkedIn has, uh, from the very beginning, always been about people. That's part of their mission. They're people connecting people. So when you look at something like a company page, it doesn't quite fit in to the mission, right? Right. Now, the nice thing about the company page is you, you can post from them, you can you know, have some engagement from them. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, your, your business is still very much about you. And so I would suggest, again, have the page, own the page, make sure it looks nice, but still drive all the engagement from your personal profile, right? And from the connections that you're creating. Okay. For sure. That's, that's, that's good stuff like that. I went out there and created mine and it's, it's probably about 75, 80% set up and I have to do some work on it, but that's all I've done with it. I get a few people here and there that engage with it, but most of what I do is on my main profile. Yeah. And that's, and right now the algorithm actually does favor the personal profiles more than the company pages. So that's what I'm saying. Even just from a technical standpoint, make sure, make sure your company page looks nice, but that's all you really have to do with it. Okay. So that has me, you just brought up another question for me before I get onto one other thing is like that. Um, posts versus articles. Oh, posts versus, oh, um, you mean, so the written articles on yeah. LinkedIn? So you, you have an option to write an article or, you know, continue with a post like that. It's like, I've done some in the past, you know, some articles and then post and it's like, you know, I get some people's like one's better than the other. And it's like, you know, what's your thoughts on that? For most people, posts are more appropriate. Um, I, I, the ability to do articles on LinkedIn has really gone up and down over the years uh, as far as whether they're focusing on it, they're promoting it. I think that the ability to post an article on LinkedIn is great for somebody who works for 
a larger organization and wants to still create content, but doesn't want to have the contradiction of having like their own personal blog or something like that. Super valuable. Um, But as far as most creating content is hard. I mean, I'm a professional writer. I know it's to do good content in a very busy, noisy environment can be challenging. Most people getting good at posting is really where you want to start. And kind of the same thing with the premium versus basic account question. If you're posting a lot and you're realizing, Hey, I have more to say here, start writing articles. That's not a bad thing, Sure. but especially with social media, it's much more about being consistent with your, your, uh, your content. So if you're just doing a shorter post and you can do that two or three times a week, that's better than putting out an article once a month for sure. Okay. And when it comes to creating content, what I've learned is document, don't create. Yeah. That's helped me out a lot. Absolutely. Uh, okay. All right. So we're going to kind of wrap this up, the LinkedIn portion, before we get into old, two old men and hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> is that a new podcast? <laughs> I love it, right? <laughs> That's actually kind of how I started my podcast. So, right. uh... so and we'll talk about that here in just a second. What are the top, three tips for using LinkedIn. If you were to like give away like the top three things that people need to do to get the most out of the LinkedIn. Yeah, we kind of touched on it. Number one, ask yourself, why am I here? What am I trying to accomplish? Write it out on a piece of paper. Even just three or four sentences will actually make all of your activity better. Then look at your profile and go, if I was the target audience I want to speak to, if I was that perfect prospect, that perfect partner, that perfect employee, and I saw my profile, would I want to do business with me? And if not, the answer is no, make some changes. And number three, be present consistently. Five minutes a day is a great place to start. Yeah, if you want to do 10 minutes, fantastic. Do it on your phone when you're waiting in line, but do it consistently. Just start showing up and you'll then naturally start engaging with people, liking and commenting and good things will happen. But just, just build it up from there. You don't have to be on an hour every day for it to be a powerful tool. That's very cool. Very cool. That's just a lot of great information, Dave. So talk a little bit about your podcast and how that got started real quick. Well, so my podcast is called Beer Beats and Business, and it's interesting conversations with interesting people. So basically, it, it came stemmed from the fact that I, when I was a single man, I used to barbecue a lot, just grilling out. And uh, I have a couple good friends um, who are also hip hop heads. And by the end of the evening, we had, uh, we'd just be sitting around. We, we're all entrepreneurs and in, in business people. So we started talking about business and we're craft beer fans. So there's a little bit of beer involved. And we would just start talking slash sharing slash arguing about hip hop. And we'd literally pass around uh, a phone that was on the, uh, the speaker, you know, the uh, Bluetooth speaker. And we play the like, do you remember this game? And so we do find these old school songs on YouTube. And I was like, well, this is a lot of fun. So let's, uh, let's keep doing that. And that was the genesis of, uh, of my podcast. And we're, we're five uh, in season five now. So it's been a lot of fun. That's cool. That's cool. I love that. So before we get into that one thing, uh, I got some rapid fire questions for you that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about hip hop and some other things. And before we do that in that segment, um, how do people get in touch with you? And how they connect with you, you know, if they want to get copies of your books or, you know, just connect with you for your services. Yeah. All the, all the books are on Amazon. So you can search those out pretty easily by my name, davidjpfisher.com or davidjpfisher. That's my website, davidjpfisher.com. 
And uh, probably the easiest, just find me on LinkedIn. I'm there every day. LinkedIn.com slash in slash IMDFish. I-A-M-D-F-I-S-H. Wow, you got that down. That's very, very good. So, all right. So you, before we get into it, you get to ask me one question and I'll do my best to answer it. Uh, oh, what, one question. What is your favorite bar in Milwaukee? Oh my goodness. My favorite one. Uh, I want to say it's, it's, oh my goodness. And they're all great. So we're not throwing anybody on so the bus. Many. So the one that we continue to go back to, I don't know if it's really a bar, but uh, my wife and I like going down to the Fister at the, uh, the Mason Grill. Oh yeah. And they always have, uh, if you go there almost every night, but we usually go there like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, they have live jazz music guys come up from Chicago to play. Uh, the food is great. The atmosphere is great. They got the fireplace there during the summer. You can sit outside. Oh, nice food. And so it's really great. I don't, I never, I think I've been to the restaurant once, but we always go back to the grill, Mason street grill and, and just hang out. It's such a great atmosphere. And the Fister hotel is just awesome. Absolutely. That's actually where uh, I got married in Milwaukee and uh, that's where I stayed my uh, on my wedding night. Oh, so, I, I, so. I spent a few nights there not being able to get home and drive home. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's a, a good bar and good on you for making the right decision. The right choice. Okay. So we're going to get into see, a couple of rapid fire questions and stuff like that. So before I get into some of the ones I normally ask, um, let's talk to you. Let's, let's change your profile and get you into D fish mode. So, all right. All right. So like that. So what are some of your favorite hip hop bands from the nineties and why? Oh, from, from the nineties. And I, I, um, I, I guess late eighties, maybe nineties. I don't even remember it so long ago. <laughs> um, you know, I was a boogie down productions fan. Okay. KRS one. Uh, yeah, I, I loved house of pain, whether or not I should have or not, but jump around is still one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Um, I, I, big fan of, uh, public enemy, nice. you know, so yeah, I'm trying to think who else I came to, to Wu-Tang clan a little later, but you know, definitely, um, definitely them. I, I kind of got out of hip hop by for a little while, in like the mid nineties. Cause I wasn't as big of a fan of like the biggie and, um, the, how was a puff daddy that wasn't my thing uh but but definitely kind of those i'm trying to think rakim Rakim, who's i think uh was a big one and this this will sound horrible but uh before he became will smith there was this guy called uh the fresh prince and the fresh prince still to this day in my mind is one of the best story storytelling rappers there ever was and DJ Jazzy Jeff, who oh, doesn't yeah. get nearly as much respect. I mean, he invented some of the scratches that are still used today. The chirp scratch he invented. Um, and uh, so, so th- those are probably some of the, some of the ones that, that got me started for sure. Uh, East versus West. Oh man. Midwest, Midwest. <laughs> Midwest. Nothing about love for everybody. <laughs> you know, I, heck, uh, I love the East coast stuff, but there's some, like the some great west coast underground stuff like uh big jurassic five fan that was a little later but they you know they they came out of out of la there, there's good stuff everywhere i i think that beef was blown out of proportion for marketing yeah, and, i've seen a lot of the the documentaries on that so it was like 
Yeah. It's good music everywhere, you know, it, 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 it went too far and people pay the price and that that's, there's no need for that. No, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So we're going to get a couple uh, rapid fire questions and we're going to wrap this up. What is your super strength? My super strength, super power, super strength. Besides my, uh, my winning smile yeah. is, is my ability to look at challenging complex situations and find, uh, the, the nugget of simplicity and clarity within it. Wow. That was really rapid. <laughs> let's do this. I'm not, yeah, let's go. I'll just mess it with you, Dave. Uh, dusk or dawn? Dawn. Dawn. So you're an, are you an early riser? I, I am. You are? I, I came to the conclusion today that I am not. <laughs> it's a good thing to know. There's nothing wrong with that. I just... You know, uh, I don't mind. It's like, it's one thing. It's like, I don't mind getting up early and then working myself up to the day. But getting up at six in the morning to rush out to a networking event is not on the top of my list. Absolutely. Well, that's that's a good point. Like, I love getting up. Well, and I've got a seven month old, so I'm getting up early whether I like it or not. I like getting up early. That's actually when I do a lot of my writing, a lot of my, uh, you know, kind of me work. Uh, yeah, it takes me a little while to get ready to actually talk to another human being for sure. But but I, I'm, I'm definitely more towards the morning side than the, the evening side. There you go. Cake or pie? Cake. Cake. All right. What was your last Halloween yeah. costume? My last Halloween costume was a basketball playing ninja. Really? Because I had a ninja costume and a basketball costume, and they, they got put together. They got put together? You got pictures? Not that I'm going to share. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, you wear, do you wear socks with your sandals? No, no, I'm not German. <laughs> all right. So then the, the last one we have here, and this is my favorite one because I get all the different um, sides of this, are women complicated and why? Or human beings are complicated. Human beings. Human beings are complicated. Yeah. And that is my story. And I'm saying because, it? you know, men, men are complicated. Women are complicated. Human beings. This is a crazy, crazy experience that we have in this thing called life so i like that i like that that's a that's a pretty good answer there that's a pretty good one i got some people that won't even answer it i'm not calling them out but yeah that's fair (laughs) well i I always my 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 wife actually calls me complicated and i go back to one of my favorite uh comic strips which was calvin and hobbs and uh calvin uh looks at hobbs and says i'm a very simple man and Hobbs goes, you asked, yesterday you wanted a jet-powered rocket ship. And, and Calvin just goes, well, I'm a simple man with complex tastes. Complex tastes, I like that. I like that. So, that's my story. Dave's, a.k.a. Deep Fish, I appreciate you being on Love the First Podcast. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Stay in touch. Um, I, you know, if you guys are interested, take a look at his podcast, Fair Beats. And I get that right? You did? I did. Awesome. I always got to double check because you know, I stutter sometimes and stuff like that. You know, I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate you coming out. I, you know, I, I look at you as now since it's a new friend and new relationship. And I hope that uh, once you get back to Milwaukee, you know, connect with when I get back down your way. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thank you so much.